get past man to man. Everybody was looking at Aaron Rodgers like he has to figure it out. No, what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is on the end of the quarterback. If Kyler Murray is going to be a superstar, he has to figure something out. He was running too early. That's on him. He was throwing too early. That's on him. He, he's an escape artist. If he's got the pressure. If, if, yes, if but he's an escape artist, bro. Pushed, he's not a pocket, he's not a pocket passer, bro. Into you before you get a chance to set him. Yes, and I can agree read. there, but what it's, do you it's, Kyler Murray, it's Kyler Murray a good quarterback on the run. Yes, he is. Hey. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of From Sideline Podcast. I'm your host, Troy, and I'm back with the boys. How you guys doing today? Doing good. Going, brothers? How's it we, going, brothers? We got, we got Titan up in the building, man. What's up, Titan? Always, up? always. Right. Titan up. We got Roy back. What's up, Roy? I'm back, man. How you feeling, Still. man? We got to get into them great. Steelers later on today. All right, guys, we got a special <laughs> guest in the building, man. I'm not even going to waste no time. Matt, I'm going to kick it to you. Introduce yourself, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, my name is Matt Cheer, and um, man, I used to live up in Jersey, went down to Florida, sure. uh, went to FIU, went to uh, college down there, played ball down there for four years, and uh, now I live in hot Atlanta, but it's not very hot right <laughs> now. Uh, just getting through the, the, the snowstorm here recently, no, but we're... Um, I'm doing well, man. I'm, I'm I'm grateful to be on on the show with you guys. Grateful to talk some sports, and uh, it's gonna be a good time. Word. Great to have you here, man. Glad to have you. Same, same. Good to have you, man. Uh, you know, it's it's always good to have other people come on with other opinions, and you actually have a basketball background, so it makes it a little bit more special for us. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna kick it to Frank and Roy, man. You got any questions for our guest, Matt? Hit him with him. Yeah, let me just start off with I got a couple questions for you, good brother, Matt. All right, uh, thinking back on that Cinderella season back in 95 where you guys were the lowest seed, uh, I believe in the Atlantic Sun, was the Atlantic Sun tournament, and you guys wound up winning uh, winning your conference to, go, to get a bid for the, for, the, for the tournament. Is there any, is there anything that you learned, whether it be life, whether it be life lessons, whether it's something that you learned on the court, or going through that um going through that tough that tough stretch in the tournament. Is there anything that you learned that you sort of carry with you to uh till today, whether it be life wise, anything uh vital off the court wise? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um it was actually before the Atlantic Sun, it was the Trans American Athletic Conference. The yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, that was that back in nineteen ninety-five and um Man, so many life lessons, not just from that season, but just by playing sports in general. You learn so much. Uh, but that run, uh, you call that a Cinderella run. Uh, and it really was. It really was because we were, you know, you got nine teams in the conference and we were and we were in ninth place. I mean, we were having. Exactly. Uh, at one point, we were three and 11. Uh, our coach had resigned, uh, although he was going to finish out the season. Uh, he made it clear that at the end of the year, he was done. Uh, we had a lot of internal conflicts. You know, there were fights between players. There was an NCAA investigation going on. Uh, we're mm-hmm. losing games. Morale's low. Uh, there's maybe, you know, there's probably more people on the bench than at the games watching. You know, I mean, it was just, 
it, it was tough to be a Panther back then. But, um, you know, we had a senior only meeting and we were like, guys, we can't go out like this. We just can't. Mm-hmm. We put, I mean, we put the work in. Uh, nobody's worked harder. We know what we did in the offseason. We were in the weight room. We can't just let this morale take over. So, so we started turning it around and uh, we had to win the last five out of six games just to get into the conference tournament. Cool. And uh, we were yeah. going to the very last game of the year playing the number one team on their senior night. It was Stetson. And, uh, we, and they had two all-conference guards on their team. And we ended up beating them. Uh, so we got eighth place into the conference tournament. It was in uh, Orlando at UCF. And mm-hmm. uh, so we had to play them in the first round because we were number eight seed. We beat them. And then the next next game, we played Southeast Louisiana. They beat us twice yeah. throughout the year, like it, like most teams. And uh, we were in overtime. Yeah. And, uh, we we went for the three, and we and, and we made a shot with four seconds to go, and won that game. Then we played mm-hmm. Mercer on ESPN, uh, and we ended up beating them. And so we went on a three-game run there. We won what was it, five out of the last six or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, I think the main thing that I've learned that I put into practice, I'm, I'll be 49 this year, uh, but something that, Congrats, that, that that I would say the number one thing I've learned, and there's many things, but just to kind of crystallize it down to one thing, it's about, you know, life, life's going to smack you in the face. And you don't know that really as a 22, 21-year-old kid going to college and, you know, you, know, right. you, think, you think life is going to be easy. Well, it's not. Uh, but perseverance through adversity, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the biggest thing. Cause we, we, we did hit adversity. We did have to pull up our bootstraps. We did have to, you know, find that intrinsic motivation. We did have to kind of deal with those challenges. Um, and then we saw the fruit of our labor. We put the work in. Mm-hmm. So I think no matter what's going on, you can't get to the point where you lose hope and you give up, you know, quitting's not an option. I mean, it's not Absolutely. even on the table. And so, and that, and that applies in everything. You might have to switch directions. You know right. what I'm saying? Yep. I, you know, I'm not saying you just plow through something where life is telling you no, uh, but it might just be a different route. It might be something else, but you just don't give up. You just don't give up. So, but that's a great question. Appreciate that. One. Yeah, I have a question. So, you know, coming into a tournament as a 16th seed, everyone has that, you know, that notion of, Oh, okay. That's it. Like, you know, 16th seed at that time, 16th seed has never beat a number one seed. We all know that. But as a as a as a coach, you know, you go into that game. And so, what did what did your coach got, tell you guys before heading into that game? <laughs> Ninety five. So it's about to get into me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, our co- our coach was was um, he was an old school guy. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he coached under Bobby Knight. Um, in the 1976 team that went undefeated. So he was an assistant there. And, um, and, and he, was, um, he, he was an X's and O's guy. Right. And, he, mm-hmm. and, he, and we were prepared every game. We knew what that team was going to do. Mm-hmm. Coach was business as usual. I mean, he said, let's go shock yeah. the world. Let, right. I mean, let's put the work in. Uh, no, no one, I mean, you shouldn't even be here. So you're on mm-hmm. house money. And right. so, so he prepared us. Uh, he allowed us to enjoy the moment. Um, mm-hmm. But I will tell you one thing. <laughs> a couple of the guys, I won't put them on blast right now, but a couple of the guys kind of were feeling themselves. 
they were out partying. They didn't make it to practice on time. <laughs> and let me tell you something, Coach, he doesn't <laughs> We're all at practice, right? And <laughs> so we're running through our, our three-man weave. We're, we're right. getting warmed up. And Coach is all about, hey, uh, go ahead and get warmed up. But once it's time to go game speed, you're going game speed with every drill. Yeah, you're, you're, mm-hmm. not, you're not going halfway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, 35 minutes into practice, we are, we're pretty tired already because he, he's got us going. And he's projecting his anger on these guys that didn't show up on us. Oh, right? man. <laughs> so, so after these guys walk in the gym for practice, he calls everyone to the middle, lays into them, and then just starts practice all over again. You know, and, and there was the a lot of that was there. But, but you know, all in all, man, this guy, you know, he he, he prepared us for life. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, you know, he he was not gonna give you your flowers. He wasn't gonna hype you up. He wasn't really gonna make you feel good about yourself. You had to find it deep within. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, he prepared us business as usual. Good. Hey, Matt, let me ask you. Um, what's your feeling on um college athletes being able to get paid? And do you see any problems lying ahead from boosters or parents or whether it be from the college? And uh, and are you like me and saying that I think it's I think there should be some type of financial literacy classes that goes along with with giving these guys that type of money to make sure that these guys don't get into early debt or anything like that? I think they're 30 years too late, man. They <laughs> but, you know, I'm on the fence with it because I, I, I kind of see both sides of it right so mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting that whole um lawsuit and everything started with 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 ed o'bannon you know back he played for ucla is who we played in the first round right it's kind oh, of okay kind of an interesting story there but he um but when i think about it on one side it's like you know the college athletes um especially the ones that are on scholarship they are getting paid right um, schools getting paid for that they get a lot of privilege. You get classes, mm-hmm. you get meal plans, you get, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're definitely being taken care of. But on the same token, they're also bringing, especially the top athletes, they're bringing in eyes to the program. And so they're actually mm-hmm. creating a lot more revenue. So I understand oh, yeah. that aspect of it. On the other side of it, I'm like, man, is that going to dilute just the purity of the game? At the exactly. Are these kids going to start, you know, just feeling that money? And we know, I mean, NCAA basketball, especially March Madness, there's nothing like the purity of the game. They're going hard. NBA, you feel like it gets watered down sometimes in the regular season. Guys taking mm-hmm. off, they're not going as hard. Mm-hmm. Got all the money. Is that protecting their body, their brand, their empire? You know, there's a lot into that. But I just think I see both sides of it. I don't really have an opinion. I get it, especially somebody <laughs> who felt like they helped bring some revenue into a program. It would be nice to get a cut. Exactly. But hey, you did get a cut. Matter of fact, you got a full scholarship. So, so and, and when we were more low D one, so I, mm-hmm. I get the argument on both sides. Uh, you know, time will tell us if it's a good idea or not. For sure. Five <laughs> mm-hmm. percent. <laughs> Bro, you got another one before that? Yeah, I got one more. So I know um, playing in those conferences, you know, it's very, it's a very rare occurrence where you'll play like an ACC team or, you know, play like a, 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 a top five major school conference. But when you guys did, you know, occasionally play those teams, 
how did you feel, you know, going into the, did you guys always have that underdog? Like, oh, we're not supposed to be here. We're not supposed to compete with you. But you go in there and, you know, you just have that supreme confidence. It's like, oh, let's shock the world. Like how you said, your coach said to you, let's shock the world against UCLA. Did you guys have that confidence going into every game against, you know, like a top five major school? Top five? Well, I don't know that we've played any top fives other than UCLA. Uh, I mean, conference, sorry. Like a power conference. I apologize. Yes. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, You know, we, we, I think at age 21, 20, 22, you, you believe you can beat anybody. Right. I mean, you just have this kind of unadulterated confidence that like we could do this, we could shock the world. And so, there wasn't a lot of reality, probably. We mm-hmm. we believed we could. And we actually, you know, we beat Virginia Tech on their home court. Right. Um, you know, Florida, Florida spanked us, actually. Um, Florida State, you know, some of these. We beat UM on their home court. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we got these Miami City champ bumper stickers. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I... We believe we could win. I mean, we did. We, I mean, we thought we were going to beat UCLA. I mean, right. I mean, mm-hmm. that, a part That's of us really, really did. I mean, part of us thought, hey, man, we have nothing to lose. Right. Um, it was a different story. We tied them at 11. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, my last question is um, all right. So, um, with most of the top high school athletes now taking the G League approach, do you think that will hurt the growth of, of college basketball, or do you think that that's where paying college athletes now is sort of combats that, or it sort of balances that 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 factor out for some of these these athletes that's looking to to get money early in their in their high school and their college years. Do you think it's yeah. going to have any type of backlash? Yeah, you know, I I don't think it's the greatest thing. I understand it. Mm. I understand it. I don't think it's the greatest. I mean, how many Kobe Bryants are there? I mean, mm-hmm. how many how many mm-hmm. out of high school are there? Now, this is something that we've never seen with them going to the G League and kind of getting that experience, getting that money. Um, you got LaMelo Ball. Okay, so that worked out for him, but how many has it not worked out for, you know, and you kind of look at the two numbers, uh, but this is something a little bit newer. Um, and again, time will have to tell on that one, but you see these, you know, these guys that do go into school, get into these programs, stay there at least two, three years, and then they move on. There's just something about the character that's formed in these guys. Um, that, that is helpful. Um, and back to what you were saying about when, these, these kids are getting all this money so fast. Um, the percentages aren't great if you don't have a support structure, if you don't have a financial advisor, if you don't have the exactly. to listen to the team around you. Uh, because it's, you know, you know, that frontal, that brain is not full until they're 25 <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Put all that money in the pocket, you know. So it's a, it's a tough one, but I don't think it's the greatest thing. Yeah, I can agree. I got one question for you. Moving away from college, though, I got this, and I got I got to ask you this. It's a two-part question. All right. In the NBA, what is a superstar? And after that, is oh, Jeremy geez. Lin a superstar? Oh my god! Oh that's my, my god. question. 
That's my question. All right. Superstar. I mean, <sighs> superstar, you just have to be able to do it over a long period of time. Yes. You've proven. <laughs> uh, what's that time frame? I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I like the 10-year mark. I mean, you've mm -hmm. been working mm -hmm. for 10 years, and you're putting up double-doubles or you're putting up numbers. Okay, let's let's have that conversation, and let's debate it, you know, with those mm -hmm. guys. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to answer the second question. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That gives me my answer, Frank. It's a misleading question. It's not misleading. It's not misleading. You guys sat Leo, here and told that me. Question is taking you guys taking sat here and told me. Nah, you guys sat oh here and told me gosh. that because Jeremy Lin is famous internationally oh that he gosh. is an NBA superstar. All right? He didn't that even answer the question. Said. That's, That's exactly what you said. That's exactly what you said. That's absolutely not what we said. Exactly what GK said, bro. Exactly what GK said. This is not what we said, man. That was a that was an hour debate. I'm so glad. Yeah, we're the I'm so glad. I had this plan since I asked you to come on the show. Since your wife hit me up, I had this plan. I was like, yo, I'm gonna ask you what a superstar is, and you're gonna tell me it's a superstar. That's it. Oh my gosh. But you guys, Jeremy wasn't a superstar. Hey, Jeremy. No, no. Oh, that's not true, Frank. GK hey. said Jeremy Lin was a superstar, and you agree with him. Yes, remember, superstar. Remember, go ahead, Matt. Go go ahead, Matt. Matt. Remember, I got, I got the tape. It wasn't a track here. I got the tape, and oh I can run it back. Gosh. I can run it back. Yeah, we have to run that back. We have right. to run that back another. When day. we get done with Matt, when we get Matt off, I'll screen share and show you the All part right. where you both said that. <laughs> Jeremy Lin was a superstar. All right, Ben. All right. What you said, Roy? What you, what you asked? I think Matt had something to say. <laughs> no, no. I was just, I heard Troy say something about he's famous versus superstar. Those are two different, different things. Exactly. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Frank, you be, Frank, we're going to talk after this. I'm going to let you yeah, go. We, gonna, we got we a special guest on. We got a special <laughs> guest on. So I'm going to let you yeah, slide right now. I'm going to let you slide right now. Guess. He didn't but deserve when, that when Matt, when Matt leaves this, look, you guys at home, when Matt leaves this, this group, bro. <laughs> Frank, I'm going straight to the video. I'm going straight to the video. But let's move on. All right, let's get into some NBA. Let's get into some, some NBA hot topics. I want to start with injuries. All right, the first, the biggest injury to me, Kevin Durant just got injured, and he's going to miss four to six weeks. So I want you guys' opinion on that injury, and then talk about other injuries that you guys are, uh, you know, worried about for teams like Steph Curry being out day to day. Uh, we can start mm -hmm. with Roy. Yeah, I'd say mine was obviously the Kevin Durant injury. I mean, it, depending on, you know, how, how quickly he comes back or how long he's out for, I think that really does matter because, I mean, Kevin Durant is this the focal point of this Nets team. I mean, so much derives off of him. I mean, you can make the argument and say, okay, they have Kyrie, they have Harden. But, I, I mean, I think I would definitely argue that Durant is that centerpiece. They need Durant to function. And so him with him being out, I mean – I still don't – I don't think they fall off dramatically. I think they might drop a couple seeds, you know, out in the East. But I think they really need to get him back and hopefully make sure he's 100% before he comes back so we don't have that problem that we had before with Kevin Durant where he comes back and then he gets injured again. So make sure he is 100% healthy before he comes back. Frank? To be honest, if this was the playoffs, then I have a totally different feeling. I mean – it's really it really depends on how much of Kyrie you get right now. I think Kyrie and, and James, they'll be able to man the ship right now. I mean, especially with the team clicking like how they are. Uh, 
with guys coming off the bench. I mean, they're clicking coaching wise as well. I mean, everything is everything seems to be clicking for them. It's just bad timing with this injury. But yeah, like if you can get more of Kyrie, you can get more play from Kyrie and more play from um, from James Harden. Then I think that'll be all right. Just until you you get to the playoffs, or uh, that'll be enough to hold it down until uh, KD comes back. We all know KD is is the engine, is the one that make that team go. But if this was the playoffs, then I have I'd be a little bit more worried. But it's still regular season. It's still a lot more time. Still a lot more games to go. I'm not ready to hit any type of panic button or go into panic mode. And Kyrie said that uh, this does not spur him to go get the vaccination either. But uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the injury from KD? And is there any is there any other injuries that stick out to you in the NBA? You know, I got a problem with Brooklyn all all because. Yes, that injury is big time. I agree with both of you. Kevin Durant hit. Kevin Durant's a superstar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, agreed. We can agree on that. I got the video. Yeah, it's already here. Big. I got the Jeffrey video. It's right Durant. here. It's right here, ready to go. All right, man. <laughs> go ahead, man. But but I the the problem with Brooklyn is that sh- we were all excited about Brooklyn from the very beginning when when the big three came together. But man, they just aren't playing together. They're just not mm-hmm. on the floor together. Um, you know, I agree with Roy, you know, don't bring them back too early. I agree. There's Frank, there's plenty of time for them to gel. Kyrie's only going to play part-time. Um, so I, I, I'm a little nervous that I, well, I just don't believe that they're going to be a top tier team. that's going to go deep in the East. I just, I, there's no way they're going to get past the finals. They might get to the Eastern conference finals, maybe. But there's no way they'll get past it. So I think that's a big time injury, plenty of time to recover. But I just, aside from that injury, I just don't think they have enough time to gel mm-hmm. together. Um, yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's just sometimes watching their games, you see that it looks like they're just a bunch of individuals on the court and not people that are playing together as a team. It just looks like you have, I mean, I, I hate to use the analogy, but like, you know, too many chefs in the kitchen type of deal where, you know, you have too many people who demand the ball. Too many people who are just, I mean, they may not go out and say, oh, I'm focused on myself, but you just look at how they play and it's like, we're still trying to figure things out. I mean, I understand that happens to teams, you know, who bring in superstars. Look at Miami when they brought in LeBron, Bosch, and Wade together. It took them a while to figure it out. But I think this Nets team, you know, especially with how just different their situation is, especially with having people constantly injured, people not playing and stuff, how can you get that time together to gel? I, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard one for them to figure it out. Yeah, the next. I think still in all, there's no glaring. Right I'm not to cut you off, boy, but there's Fair no, there's no, there's really no glaring favorites in the in the East, especially right now. There's nobody mm-hmm. that that still scares me outside of maybe Chicago when they're on, and and you just seen what happened when you get the best out of Chicago, you get the best out of Brooklyn. How that matchup is going to turn out, and I still think it, as long as you got two of those guys. You have enough to go head to head with the with the uh, a Chicago, even if they're at their strength. I mean, let me ask every, a question. The, the, the whole league is pretty much beat up at this time. There, there's a lot of injuries, so I don't see any other glaring glaring favorites or glaring team that 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 scares me enough in the Eastern Conference that that make me want to have that you know that trepidation about the Nets. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys trust the Chicago Bulls more than you should ch- trust the Milwaukee Bucks? no I'll say no just because Milwaukee's more proven you know they've been there and but I feel like everyone's been kind of like sleeping on Milwaukee a little bit I mean I know they haven't been performing up to their usual standards Mm -hmm. 
they're not performing how they usually do. But I still haven't lost, you know, too much confidence in them to where I would put Chicago. I mean, Chicago has the prettier record. Okay, I understand. They're they're playing hot. You know, I think DeRozan's a potential MVP candidate, and he's been doing great with that. But I, I really think that just player for player, pound for pound, I, I would go with the Milwaukee Bucks because they're proven. They've done it before. We know that. Chicago, we can't, we can't say the same thing. I would agree, man. Chicago's lost four straight, and they lost, you know, Zach Levine, obviously. Mm-hmm. Didn't look great last night against, against my Grizz. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I definitely agree. I'm, I'm going with the Bucks on, on that head-to-head matchup. Especially in the playoffs. Bulls have seven yeah, players out right now. Especially in the playoffs, exactly. The Bulls have seven players out right now, including Lonzo, uh, Alex Caruso, Zach Levine, and Derek Derek Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bucks, they're one of those teams that's just built for the playoffs. As long as they can get to the playoffs, man, you know, they sort of rally around Giannis throughout the regular season, let him do him, let him go MVP mode, and then they kind of uh, gel together as a team once the playoffs come. That's, uh, that's just sort of, I think that's become their nature as of now. So, um, yeah, I think they'll mm-hmm. be okay. Once they get to the playoffs, then you'll see this, you'll start to see the best of the Bucks. Mm. I had to, I, I'm going to go ahead and ask uh, Matt a question real quick. Cause I'm right. glad he said about the, the Grizzlies. So I made a prediction. I, I had a very hot take where I said, I think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to represent the West in the, in the NBA finals. And I know yeah. that, that might seem like an <laughs> outlandish thing, but I'm telling you, if you watch, if you watch this team play, Wow, they blow they blow me away, and I I I don't like any teams in the Western Conference. So I mean that says something. So what do you what do you what's your opinion currently on the Grizzlies and how they're performing? Man, they're young. They got a chip on their shoulder, and they just don't care. Yes, uh, and and they're too young to, to to care. Like they don't know any better. So they're going out there. John Morant's trying to dunk on anybody and everybody that's in the way. <laughs> I mean, he was ready. He was ready to throw blows with a big. Six eight two six. Bradley, uh-huh. oh, man, and Aquaman had to lift the dude up and but carry him. But that's what I was about to say. How tough? How tough is Bradley after a dude just walks up to him and picks him up? You ain't tough no more after that. You ain't tough after that. But I mean, they all have a chip on their shoulder. All right. of them. I mean, Desmond mm-hmm. Bain was overlooked. You know, Ooh. Dylan Brooks is out there, and he's obviously right injured now, right now, and mm-hmm. he's and he's a defensive engine. Obviously, John Morant has been telling everybody he's the best point guard in the league before people are starting to say, hey, maybe he is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, you just go down the line. The, these guys are tough, you know. Yeah. Even Tyre mm-hmm. Williams, who played with Bronny last year, which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Is that is crazy. Step up. And uh, then their bench, Brandon Clark coming in. They bring energy. You got that old man, Ryan Anderson, who moves in slow motion but is effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it's like a couple Conchar, of them. <laughs> you know, Conchar, this guy Conchar is one of the best three-point shooters on their team mm-hmm. and uh, has been stepping up. Now, obviously, they're young. Can they yes. do playoffs against the Phoenix? Can they do it against the Warriors, against the Jazz? You know, that remains to be seen, but mm-hmm. I'm rolling with them. Good, okay. I'm glad, Memphis, I'm glad. Memphis sits in third place right now, so I don't think it's far off to say that these guys are – Playoff bound, but in my opinion, like Matt just said, like Suns, Warriors, uh, I don't know. Teams that have been in, the, in those predictions. Yeah, yeah teams have been there. When the game slows down and John Morant can't be fast paced as he is in the regular season, that's going to affect the Grizzlies. No, no, that's, huh? that's going to affect. I, I, no, I don't agree with that because 
I mean, he was out, and they were eleven and two when he was. Yeah, out. but that's still yeah. fast yeah. pace, though. But they still were playing fast pace. Dylan Brooks is a fast pace player too. And what I'm saying Darren is, Darren Jackson Jr. When you take he, that he team collectively, when you take the team collectively, and you go into the playoffs, and they all have to slow down to play the tempo of the playoffs, I think as a team, it may it may affect. Them. I'm not saying it is, but it may. I think that team is just young and gun. I think they they don't care how you want to play. If they come up against the Lakers, they win that. <laughs> they, they win yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, no, those old men can't that. guard I'm anyone. Say that. You don't have to say that, that Uncle Frank, Mr. Jeremy Lin. Half of them in but a retirement home. Come on. I'm saying it. All right. All right. To, my Lakers, to my Lakers defense, in my Lakers defense, the last two times that we've seen the Memphis Grizzlies is went down to the wire to the fourth quarter, and it's been without AD. So this is where, this is where I, I – I mean, I, I'm with you on – I'm heavy on, on the Grizzlies. I think they're one of the most exciting teams. They're what the Atlanta Hawks was to the NBA last year. That That's what that's what I think they are to the to the league well, this year. I'm go I just think right? that when it comes down to the playoffs, to, to, to a degree of what Troy said, when it comes down to those elite half-court teams, do they have the discipline? Are they are they disciplined enough? Uh, on on that end, on that aspect, to, to really buckle down and play a half court style of game against those teams who 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 actually perfect it, like the Suns, like a, a healthy Lakers, like the Warriors. I, I don't I don't know if they match up in in that aspect. But if they come in and just want to crash the party and and make the teams play ugly and play how how they play, then they got a chance. They, yeah. Of course, they got a chance, but. Yeah. So right against now, those elite half court teams, I'm I'm not sure that I'm not sure that this is the yeah, year. That's for what I was saying. I don't I don't know if the Grizzlies could play in that slow down playoff tempo. I got to see it, you know. But if the playoffs yeah, started could. right now, they would play the Nuggets, and I I kind of think Grizzlies would beat the Nuggets in a in a seven game series. That's just me. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Uh, no no Kyler Murray. You know, Jokic is the only one out there. So when you get into the playoffs, you can literally just focus on him and then force the other guys to to have to play ball. Like, Jamal Murray. It, yeah, it could be ugly. It could be ugly for Denver, for the Nuggets this year, because they ain't playing too hot either. And, you know, you got an up-and-coming team like the Grizzlies. I do see them going far, but I don't know how far they go. But um, let's move on. Stay, let's stay in hot topics. Stay in, um, in basketball. Let's talk about the Lakers, all right? So I got <laughs> a report popped up this morning that Frank Vogel is day-to-day, meaning he can be out at any time. Today could be his last day. Tomorrow could be his last day. I got him out in five games. That's what I got. Frank Vogel will not be mm-hmm. the Lakers coach in five games. So starting with you, Matt, what do you think about the Lakers and Frank Vogel situation? I think they need to uh, put Russell Westbrook day to day if they want him to <laughs> run. I'm trying to tell you. Uh, so, but I'm I, tell mean, you. I mean, yeah, change the coach if you want. Everybody knows LeBron's coaching that team, but that's not the – that is not the move. I think that's gonna switch it up. You got to get rid of Westbrook, uh, or Lakers just aren't gonna get it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I Matt, I, you're giving the same takes that I am, and I gosh, I love you for that. It's so good to have people agree with you. <laughs> but but I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna take it a step further. Yes, Russ needs to go. Russ needs to go. That wasn't the fit. He never should have been brought in in the first place. They should have brought in someone like a Buddy Heald, something that supports LeBron's Hield, yeah. play style, not someone who's ball mm-hmm. dominant. dominant. This is yeah. not this is not Frank Vogel's fault. This is not his fault. I don't know why he d- he does not deserve to be punished for this because, like how you said, oh. he's not even coaching this team. Let's be honest. Yeah, any I'm... team, 
Any team that LeBron is on, LeBron's not. Co- LeBron's the one who's coaching this team. But they still Frank, a coach to the team, right? And Frank okay, Vogel, okay. What Frank Vogel has, he has a job to do within LeBron's job. So I understand what you're saying. LeBron coaches the team, but who's making the substitutions? Who's putting the plays in the game? Who's making a lineup? That ain't LeBron. Yes, doing you it. have these rotations. It doesn't matter if you're not set up for success. They're not. That's he's true. not. He's not being set up in a position to where he can use his coaching skills to help benefit this team. I can agree. He's not put in a good position. Let's oh, be honest. No. So getting rid, getting rid of the head coach isn't going to do anything. You bring in okay, you bring in someone else. It's going to be the it's going to be the same song, different dance. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't understand what what that really accomplishes. You know, maybe it tries to save face, I guess, to make it. Hey, look, we're doing something to fix this season. When in reality, you're not. That was actually Frank Vogel. His, his job being up in the air was actually um, my hot take, my NBA hot take for today. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm 50, I'm like 50, 50 with it. I'm not going to go as far as to say that he deserves no blame at all because he absolutely deserves some, uh, some, some blame. blame. Some blame. Exactly. Yes. A lot of his lineups and the way he mis- he mismanages players, that some of the lineups that he put on the court, that's just on coaching. I mean, you you can't put that on LeBron. And Frank Vogel, he, he has one of the most, I'd say a top five elite coaching staff the last two, three years since he's been up there. So, I mean, he has, he has the coaches around him, so that's why I I'll say with with LeBron years, especially with I say starting from his second year to currently, I think LeBron has taken a back seat as far as letting uh letting front letting the, the management the front office and letting the staff take control of the team. Because to be honest, I mean, if I think if Bron had his way. Russell Westbrook will come off the bench. That's the move that I think needs to happen. I don't think that they're going to be able to get rid of Russell Westbrook. One, I don't think that they're going to get the pieces for him. Nobody around the league really wants it. He has a low, a really, really low uh, interest rate. And my my best suggestion would be to to start to bring Russ back off the bench. And then once the, once everybody gets healthy, I mean. That's why that's why I think Frank needs a little bit more time because he hasn't had a chance to coach a completely 100 percent healthy Laker team. However, some of the men, some of the lineups that he put out there is, is completely on his fault. And my thing is, if you get rid of Frankie V, I mean, is David Fisdale the answer? I mean, mm-hmm. is I mean, I know he has some history going back with Brian, going back to Miami, but. With this aging Lakers team, with this team that we currently have constructed, I mean, is is Fisdale going to be that deciding factor? I don't think that he, I don't think he pushes the, he pushes the arrow either way. Um, so for the most part, I think, I think, as long as the Lakers can, cannot cannot go on these wild losing streaks, these three game, five game losing streaks. As long as the Lakers can avoid doing that throughout the season, I'm pretty sure that that Frankie V will, will last, I think, at least to this year. I don't, I don't, I don't see what good comes out of out of uh letting him go right now, especially with with David Fisdale as as the backup option. I'm I mean, I'm not completely sold on him. There's a lot of stuff that has to happen before uh, before Frankie V uh, completely loses his job, but he definitely deserves to be on the hot seat. I got so I, I got a question. I, Talk to me. One, I think I think obviously he's got to be held accountable as the head coach. I mm-hmm. mean, so everything you guys are saying is is right on. He he's got to be held accountable. But my question is, this guy is a is known for playing defense. Yes. 
And the Lakers are not a great defensive team. So the question is, has he lost the team? I mean, mm-hmm. has he lost the team? And if he's and if that answer is yes, he's got to go. I feel like the Lakers have defensive players. See, I would I would play devil's advocate for that, and I'd say they gave away their defensive players and Alex Caruso and Kyle Kuzma and you know and KCP. KCP. I mean, they they gave away they gave away those defensive stars. Those like those are the people that are three and D. You know, they're three and D. They they play defense. They can shoot yeah. the three ball. They can do you know they're pivotal role players for you. You get rid of that and you bring in you know an aged an aged Westbrook. I mean, you're bringing in people that are that are I hate to say it, but they're too old. It's a, it's a retirement home. You cannot stay. They cannot. You watch the Lakers game. They cannot stay in front of anyone to save their lives. They don't get back on transition defense. There's times where you see LeBron is the only one going back on offense. It is like it's it's it looks like a total dysfunction. And, you know, how he said Frank Vogel, you know, he's a defensive minded coach. So you would expect that to be translated on the court. It's plain and simple. It's not. And I just think that this is a, an aged core, a very aged core that gave away their defensive quarterstones, and now they're they're seeing the the replications of that. Can we just be real? Frankie V has struggled to maintain success throughout the league, coaching wise, outside of those those couple early years in Indiana. He struggled to maintain success everywhere that he's gone, whether it be Orlando, whether it's his short tenure in Memphis. I mean, he he. It, is he hasn't really proven to be that that defensive guy that he, he showed those earlier years. So there, there was already some there's already some speculation about that. He might be losing his touch as far as being that defensive, that defensive guru that he used to be. So, he, I mean, he was he was already coming into that. But still in all, I mean, as much as as much as I, I believe and I think he deserves to be held accountable. I just I'm still not ready to give up on him because. I mean, he showed that he showed that he can put some great lineups out there with with his first two years. I mean, he showed that he can manage. He can he can help uh, man the man the team, especially with guys going down to injury. He did it last year. He, I mean, he, for the most part, he's been doing it this year. I mean, it's really just the Russell Westbrook effect. I mean, yes. you can you can see you can see oh. when Russ turns the ball over. You can see you can see our oh, players' man. body language. You can see the it just. It just kills. It kills a lot of the energy and the momentum that that the Lakers might have going on at, at the game, or just kills it. Kills us building any momentum going forward throughout any of these games. So I mean, it's just the Russell Westbrook effect. I mean, yeah. if we can, if we can somehow get Russ to, to just stay on his feet, not jump in the air, have to throw these wild passes and that are not there. To him, I mean, if we could just. Limit Russ. Limit I'm Russ. telling I, you, that's why we have to put him on the bench. We need a, we need more options. We need another, another option. Watch the Russ. body language of the team when Russell Westbrook yeah, commits a turnover. Watch the body Roy, language. Watch it to when someone, you know, game, when anyone bro. commits a turnover. Okay, they turn around, get back on defense. Watch what happens when Russell Westbrook commits a turnover, and watch how they different the body spoke. language is. They turn on the defense. and they just. Jog it's not back. even limited to turnovers. Watch him when they t- when he t- attempts a three pointer and he's wide open. Watch the body language. I'm telling you, it's, it's insane. It's insane. In. It looks like this whole team is like though. he used to be nasty from the mid range. Yes, I don't I'm know not, what happened to him. Not taking he's anything away from him in the past. He's lost not, his explosion. Not taking away from him in the past because in the past he was that dude. He let's was be real. Nasty in the mid but, but oh my goodness, I mean, you when you go over sixteen in your past five games from three point range, who's going to respect your shot? Who's going to who on your team is going to want you? taking that shot 
I mean, you're just costing your team games. You are costing your team games with the amount of turnovers and um, your lack of scoring efficiency. I mean, like, but watch body language. I'm telling you, that's the next the time thing, you guys watch a Lakers game. Look at how they react when you come. Yo, the thing with Russell is right. Russell needs a a shooter. Oh, that's what Russell that. needs. Russell needs a shooter. Russell needs the ball in his hand to where he can kick it to a shooter. Where on the Lakers, they ain't, who's they that guy? No, yeah, they ain't no shooter, Who? bro. They, Malink. I know uh, Monk went off a couple. Malik of games, Monk. But it, it's not consistent enough for the what for what LeBron needs to get there. So that's why I'm saying I don't even see the the Lakers getting out of the first round this year, no matter who they play. I don't I don't care who they play. I don't think they're getting out the first round because they're they're a little too old. They don't have the personnel that LeBron needs to make it work because we know he can make it work. But it's just the personnel that matters, and I don't think they have that for him. I think they you could have let go of Kuzma if you wanted to, but you keep Rondo, you keep KCP. You keep, you know, Caruso. the guys that, right, that's playing, okay. yeah, Caruso, Alex Caruso, the guys that's playing defense for you. You tried to replace them with shooters, I mean, hey, and now your defense is suffering. Like those guys are just like, I mean, outside of Caruso, I mean, KCP and Kyle Kuzma aren't just balling out of control. No, and, we and wasn't Washington. saying balling. Like, we we're talking about on the like, defense the, end of the ball. We're talking about the on stuff, the defense. But, we're talking about no, on the defense. No, but I'm saying, but a, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff. I mean, Kyle Kuzma wasn't wasn't looked at as no shutdown defender. No, he, he was, was not. No, down. we're not he's saying more offensive minded. He was, he's more yeah, offensive minded. I'll give you that. But that's why I said if you want to trade away. But that's why I said if you want to trade away Kuzma, you can. But when you're talking about a team success, you need guys in it that can at least play KCP as well. KCP wasn't the three point. Shooter. He wasn't the three-point shooter that, that, that they needed, right? And that's what years. I was going to say. I was going to say that's why the they eventually let him go because he wasn't, he wasn't he wasn't holding people down, right? When, when he wanted too much money for for what he wanted. When, when Roy said was, three and D, he was D, giving us. When Roy said three and D, KCP was more of D, not three. So I can understand that he wasn't. He wasn't Except holding his was offensive. A perk, was a great pickup. He just hasn't. He hasn't been, been in, healthy. Yeah, he's starting to. He's starting and to get and he's, he's also to get like five in, years away from shape. collecting Social Security. Yeah, okay. That's a shame. But the last three years, the last three years, he's still been a vital piece on every bench that he's played on. Yeah. So you got to yeah. give him that. I mean, that that's that's really all we need. We need him to, to come in there and bother guys, be able to bother Kate, uh, guys yeah. like Kate. Be a nuisance. Be guys. a nuisance. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on. I mean, let's let's move on to the MVP race. I want to know who each knows, one of you guys. Man. Take your time. Tell me who you got as the MVP right now if the season ended. Who's your MVP and why? Starting with Frank. What sport? Basketball. Mm. We're still in ma- we're still uh, in hot topics, uh, NBA. Uh, so and just just so you know, so you guys know, um, the MVP ladder right now is Giannis, Jokic, yeah, KD, and Joel, and then Demar Derozan is number five. Those are the top five. I, I would say if you would have talked to me a month ago, I would have said DeMar DeRozan. But, I mean, as of recent, KD right now. No, he was not. KD right now. DeRozan is not playing better than KD, Giannis, and Oh, no, I agree. No, I don't think he's playing better. He's playing better than them, Frank? I mean, the fact that you just snubbed your nose at what DeMar DeRozan is No, I'm not snubbing my nose. That's how you're taking it. That's how you're taking it. No, that's how you're taking it. I'm saying he said a month ago he would have had the role. (laughs) He said a month ago he would have gave DeMar the the MVP. What I'm saying is 
you're giving him the MVP over Giannis, Jokic, and KD. Is he playing better than them guys? That's all I'm saying. Yes. I'm not snubbing my nose. No, he is? He's playing just... I mean, if, if he's not playing better, he's playing just as good. So why is he fifth behind KD, Giannis, Be- Joel, Because we're a month after that. Because, because we're a month after name. that. Because it's his name. He was third, though. In that month, in the month... Okay, so to be fair, in the a month that Roy is talking about... But in the month, no. The Bulls are number one in the league. I said a lot of those teams. There's only two teams that have a better record than the Bulls, if I'm not mistaken. And that's two of the teams in the West. Okay. But that's what I'm I saying. Thought, I'm not, I'm not discrediting him. I wouldn't even be mad if DeMar did win the MVP because he's playing out of his mind. I'm not hmm. discrediting him. But what I'm saying is, if but you go you back... Know. No, that's how you're taking it. But if you go back into a month ago to say DeMar DeRozan will win MVP, he was third in MVP in the MVP roots a month ago. Yes. Third. I would, and so I, he still would have lost at the end. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead, bro. But I would say that, you know, he would. They, I think he was third because people were just waiting to see how serious mm-hmm. it actually was. Was this just him being hot? If they keep it, it up, him being I legit? say give him MVP. If the Bulls I, I, finish first in the East, I say DeMar wins MVP. I, I, if I he's say the he star should. player on that team. Yeah, if everything continues on how it should be, because I if, think if he Levine should get it. If comes because, back and starts taking over, then it becomes okay. What do you I, I do still, here? But if DeMar DeRozan can keep it up, I'm not snubbing mm-hmm. my nose at him, Frank. I'm just saying I will take other guys in front of DeMar DeRozan. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think um, I think an argument can be made for, I mean, for Jokic again. I mean, just because, you know, it, it's Jokic. That's that's all that's all you need to say is that it's Jokic, man. And he does what he does on a daily basis in and out. I mean, you can't knock that man's hustle. You cannot knock that man's grind. I think it. I think it, it's probably going to end up being Jokic. I'm but I'll, I'll hope for DeRozan. Yeah, I, don't off, even, right? I didn't even – I didn't even mean to say KD while I'm arguing for KD so hard, but even still, I mean that we can go, we can go, we can go all day with the Demar Derozan debate because I think yeah, I think you throwing some slight on my boy Listen, you guys at home heard me say it three times. I'm not, and I explained why. Frank, if you want to take it that way, it's fine. I think Steph, I think Steph is the MVP. Steph Curry. If I had to give somebody league MVP right now, just I understand everything Steph has been doing and how he's been manning that ship over there. Nobody, I don't think no, none of us saw uh, Golden State being a, a number one seed or a number two seed in the Western Conference right now, especially with, with Clay not being there with those that, those early parts of the year. I don't, and just how he's been able to, to bring that team along and Jordan Poole, how he has everybody out there gelling. I just think that uh, Steph and Steve Kerr definitely deserve some, um, some credit and recognition. Mm-hmm. Man, who you got? Who's in your front? What? Well, it's going to be John Morant at the end of the day. But, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but yeah, right now, Jokic has been the most consistent. I, I can't say Curry, although I love Curry, but he's in a slump right now. Yes. But everything you said, Frank, is right. He has been manning that ship. He's been doing – I mean, he's, he's Curry, right? Um, and, and I think he's probably top four or five right now um, in that race. But Jokic mm-hmm. has been consistent. No, Curry's not in the race. Top five yeah. is – hold on, I'll get it again for you. Go ahead. Just finish what you were saying, uh, Matt, and I'll find it again. And then, obviously, Giannis is going to be in that mix. And mm-hmm. then Durant out four to six. But just don't sleep on my man, John Morant. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. He's, he's young enough to not, to not care. And I'm telling you, I mean, I mean, you saw that run when he was putting Phoenix, you know, I mean – if his three-point shot, obviously yes. he's taking a dip on that. And, and I mean, his mm-hmm. his floater, his pull-up, his change of speed, his court vision, I mean, the the dude is is unreal. 
Yes. But he can get that three-point shot more consistent. I, I'm going with Morant. Right, so here's the I top like 10. Here's the top 10 in the ladder race right now. Giannis is one. Jokic is two. Kevin Durant is three. Embiid is four. DeMar DeRozan is five. Steph Curry is six. John Moran is seven. Chris Paul is eight. LeBron James is nine. And Rudy Gobert is 10. And that's on cool. what night? And then after that, you got Devin Booker, Luca, James Harden. Who's that? Zach who's that Levine, according Fred to? Who's that? What's this your is MB, for that? the NBA, like the NBA, oh. NBA. Oh, okay. What I would say about the Memphis Grizzlies is their front office deserves all the credit and applause for how they built the a, a team and a true contender over there. Oh yeah. Just looking at at everything that's going wrong in in New Orleans, uh, all you can do is just is just send a big congrats to 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 that that front office out there oh in memphis. yeah because memphis has I'll be, I'll they're doing everything that. the right way with the right players yes. they're showing you how to how to how to build a, a team a small market team from scratch man and it's it's absolutely absolutely amazing to watch man yeah because memphis hasn't been, been relevant hasn't been relevant since the grit and grind you know since they had Ru- mm-hmm. uh rudy gay and mike conley and all them the together Marcus yeah, and then Zach Randolph. I think this is the first time they've been relevant since then. And you know, it's they're coming in pretty convincingly. And you know, mm-hmm. to turn ship to turn ship and rebuild for a small market team like that, that says mm-hmm. a lot about a front office. It really does. That's why they're so scary because they built that just, just like the Bucks, man. They built that and they're that, still young in a small market, man. And they're still all young, man. Yeah. Still so much that's time scary and so much potential left, man. They're gonna be scary for the years to come. 48 last night, so don't sleep on it. <laughs> uh, listen, when you guys talk about D book, the only thing that comes to mind is 70. That's what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. If you don't know mm-hmm. Matt, you can yeah. just take take a look at the picture behind me. You see, you see number 33 there. All right, and drop 70 on us. So when you talk about D book, I know that kid for real. I, I know he's for real. I like what he said though recently, and then we gotta move on. I like what he said about you know the comparisons to him being Kobe. So I like I'm that he Kobe. shut them down, like. LeBron didn't do in his earlier years. Like, shut that comment. Say, yo, I'm me. I want to. I want somebody to come along and be like, yo, you play like Devin Booker. I don't want somebody to come along and be like, yo, I play like this guy. No, I want to be my own person. So I like his his uh, his response here. Um, closing out MVP hot topic. I mean, NBA hot topics. Any of you guys got anything left before we move on? That's all I got. Good, Frank. Yeah, I'm good. For all right, you, man, you man. guys, you guys know what time it is. I mean, Matt, you new to this, but you'll see your screen changing a little bit. <laughs> It's the, it's the Who You Got segment, college edition, all right? So basically, just like I said in the beginning, Matt, I'm going to tell you guys, and you'll get it. You'll pick it up from Roy and Frank. I'm going to give you two names. You just tell me who you prefer out the names, all right? And then we go from there. So we're going to start it right off. Let me write these names down. Frank, Matt, and Roy. I always keep track of who's on that, who you got. All right, first one. We got Michigan in 2000. Or Maryland in 2002. Who you got? Mm. Give me the Terps. I want Maryland. Maryland? Yeah. Who you got, Matt? You said Michigan? Yeah, you mean Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan Michigan State State. in 2000. And then um, Maryland in 2002. Terps? No, I'll go with Michigan State. Yeah, I'm going Michigan State. We got our first split. We got our first split. You guys know I like that team was nutty. Roy, you said Maryland, right? Yeah, shout out to Scott Van. All right. Next one. The the next one is so this is the most outstanding players from the I think from the game, from the uh the national championship game. So we got two people here. We got Joaquin Noah and Carmelo Anthony. 
Oh. Mellow. <laughs> Give me Mellow. Come on. Mellow. Yeah. Yeah, we're going Mellow. Damn. Yes. I thought somebody was going to take Noah there. He was. He was a beast. Thing. Nah, Joe Kim was exciting. He was. Yeah, he was. He was full of emotion. Up. You see this shirt? Girls. I'm never. Choosing, I'm never Brewer. choosing someone from Florida. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. Says, uh, not happening. Florida State. <laughs> All right. Next one. We got Duke in 2001 or UConn mm-hmm. in 2004. Oh. Duke. Part of me wants That's to the, say um, that. That's the Omeka Okafor, Okafor uh, uh, UConn, right? Oh yeah. four. Mm-hmm. He's right yeah. behind the guy with, that's holding the trophy. That UConn team behind. is when also the women's team won at the same time, if I'm not mistaken, right? I believe so. Mm-hmm. No, because UConn won again, though. This is in 2004. Uh, oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah, I'll go Duke. They won again. Duke. I just I'm only did I did one Duke. that first time winning. So right, you're right. Two, Duke. Two Duke. Dukes. Matt, what you got? I got Duke. And Frank, you said Duke too, right? Yeah, man. All right, got two unanimous decisions. All right, next one. We got Mario Chalmers. I think I would Duke. We got Mario Chalmers and Shabazz Napier. Shabazz Napier. Give me Shabazz Napier every day. Every Mario day. That man, at UConn, that man at UConn, come on. <laughs> what? He was yeah, Cardiac Kemba before Cardiac you're Kemba. You're only taking the college too. You're not taking no NBA. Yes. You're only going off of college. Yes. Yeah, I'm going Mario. Mario Ice Cold hit the game winner in the college championship. So did Shabazz. Shabazz did the same thing. Chalmers, yeah, I, Chalmers hit that game game winner uh, and and knocked Steph out, right? Didn't they? Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, but, he did. But Napier is nasty. So yes, I, he reminds me of this guy Randolph Childress back in the day. If you guys remember him, if you don't look mm-hmm. him up in the ACC tournament. That guy was killing, but I like mm-hmm. Napier. He didn't All make right. it in pros too much, but nah, he no, didn't. he didn't. But All he right. was like that in college. We got a split. All right, next one. He was hungry. We got Syracuse, Syracuse in two thousand and three, and UNC in two thousand five. Who you got? Roll heels, baby. Give me, yeah, give me I ain't UNC. Never going against my heels. Matt? Roll heels. Yeah, I'm Chapel Hill. Are UNC everybody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, next one. We got Corey Brewer in 2007 or Kemba Walker in 2011. Cardiac. Give me cardiac. Kemba. Corey Brewer was like that, though. Don't do not sleep on Corey Brewer. He was was indeed like like that. He was dunking on everything. He was playing defense, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Locking people down, which I like. Man, Kemba Walker was tough. That Florida team in general was ferocious. That Florida team was amazing. I hate to say that, but they were. I'm going with Brewer. Going Brewer and then Frank and Roy, mm. you guys go with Kemba? Yep. Mm-hmm. Frank and then Matt went with Corey Brewer. He got a crossover Frank. game winner at the Garden. All right. Thank next you. one. One of these are my teams. All right. One of these are my teams. All right. We got the next one. We got Kentucky in 2012 or Villanova in 2016. Oh, my gosh. We got Nova. That Villanova, that Villanova UNC game. God. Oh my God! I don't even. I go Villanova. I go Villanova, but yeah, it hurts to think about that. Villanova. Villanova. All right. Yes. Yes. My team gets a unanimous. You better all have picked Villanova. Oh all right. man. Next one we got, which isn't fair, I but that shit in my gut, just thinking about it. It isn't mm-hmm. fair, but I had to do something. We got Anthony Davis in 2012 or Dante. Dante Vivincenzo. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, yeah. give me the brow. Give me the brow. But you know, Dante yeah. was good too, man. 
AD was a defensive, like, he was defensive, just guru in college. I mean, he was blocking everything. And so I'm going to go AD. Yeah, I agree. AB, AB, AB. All right, unanimous. All right. Virginia in 2019 or Baylor in 2021? I, you can't, look, I, I'm not here to convince anyone. I'm not here to convince anyone, but, <laughs> he said, but UVA, UVA after bouncing back from getting bounced from a 16th seed, that's that's ESPN 30 for 30 worthy. I don't care what anyone says. They 100% deserve that. UVA, yeah, I'll fuck with UVA. All the way. Yeah. <laughs> so Virginia, Virginia, Matt, who you got? I got one of those Baylor guards. Uh, <laughs> I didn't convince him enough. Oh. <laughs> Off night. Yeah. <laughs> That Baylor team was good, though. That Baylor team was very good. Mm, Kyle Guy on that Dang UVA the, team. Oh, man. Like you guys went Virginia. UVA. Yeah, UVA. All right, last one, last one. We out of here quick this, this time. We got Wayne Ellington or Titus Jones. <sighs> Wayne mm. Ellington, 2009. Titus Jones, 2015. Never I ain't never Jones. picking a Duke player. I mean, over a North Carolina player. Wayne I'm Ellington. going Wayne. I'm going Wayne, too. Got I got Tyus Jones today. Uh, last year. Oh, no. no. All the way back to right. Jones. Best backup point guard in the league right now. Oh, no. See, Matt, it's just that simple. Who you got is over. We got to do it quick. And I he like said that. he's on the Grizzlies. He said, hey. I would have went Titus Jones too. He's tough. Man. All right, let's get he on is, to that. Good. Let's get on to the last, the last segment of today. You know we got to talk about these football games, all right? You know we got to talk about these football games. Mm-hmm. So starting with, starting with the last night's game, Ram versus Arizona. Let's start there because I was a little, I was a lot disappointed in Kyler Murray. And I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Um, we was on live last night. Me and Dre Day. Shout out Dre Day, Roy. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, GK stopped by too. Thank you, GK, for stopping by. Uh, Frank, you was at work, so I know you couldn't have. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing I said last night when I was watching Kyler Murray play was, is he's throwing the ball like Eli. <laughs> if you watch his two interceptions, bro, it was Eli-esque. It literally was e- – and I'm an Eli fi- – look, look at Eli. He's right there. He's literally he, – like, bro, the, the interception in the end zone, n- n- you just don't do that. Take the sack. No excuses. Take the yeah. sack. Like, I don't understand it. That that threw me through a loop while he tried to do that. And then you didn't even throw up anywhere where a receiver could get it. And then the second interception tipped pass, but he rushed that pass too. He was just yes. rushing passes. And I was looking at it like, yo, Eli used to do this. Like, this is what Eli did. He rushed passes, didn't take his time. Like, one thing I seen from um uh Jimmy Garoppolo was he was poised in the in the in the, you know in the in in that field like he was poised there. Kyler Murray didn't seem like he was comfortable at all to me, like at and, all. So I and you, go ahead, Roy. You started. And you know what? I'm so on? glad you. you started can't really that. blame him for that. But look, no, but look. Yes, here's the can. thing. Everyone, I've heard, I've heard people say, I've heard people say, 100. Go ahead, Roy. Let me hear. You. I've been hearing that people say that the Rams defense was overrated. Okay, where's where are they at now? Because that Rams defense was the one who put that pressure on him to make those exactly. uncomfortable throws, to make That's those bad saying. plays. 
I mean, when you don't have time to set your feet and you got Aaron Donald chasing you from behind, I'd probably make a bad pass too. That's understandable, but you can't put (laughs) it all, you you cannot put it all on the defense putting pressure on him because if it was anybody else, yes, it does. And I'm not saying it doesn't, but what I'm saying is him being, him trying to be a superstar quarterback, he's supposed to thrive under pressure. He did not do that. Yes, I will give credit to the Rams defense. They put pressure on him. All game, I will understand that. I was watching. I understand that. But what I'm saying so you want is, him to thrive. But you want so him to thrive, what you're saying is, so what you're saying that. is, the defense, the defense threw them two the, interceptions. Yes, he has look, to. If he Cole. wants to be elite, if he Cole. wants to I mean, be that, an elite quarterback, zone, bro. I ain't really gonna say the end zone one. If the, if he wants to be an elite quarterback, yes, he has to find a come way on. under pressure, bro. That's not no. Come on, every quarterback does it. Every no, that's crazy. Every elite quarterback does every does any elite quarterback not do that? Was you really watching the game? For, yes, was I watched you? it. I was on Instagram Live. Go back and watch me talk about the so game while his, I'm watching. So was his was his receivers creating all of the no? I, that's what him? I was saying. I'm not. I'm not. So what are you taking it as? You're play. Figure it out. That's what he's there for. You want him to do everything. So he got to he got to try to. Yo, he if Tom Brady to... was in this position, I would say no, the same about Tom Brady. Now. Figure it out. You're not Aaron holding Rod- nobody else Aaron, accountable. No, because that's not, fair. That's, not fair. All at the feet of that is not fair. When Aaron Rodgers was going through his struggles with Green Bay, everybody was blaming Aaron Rodgers. Oh, nobody was blaming his wide receivers not getting space. Nobody was blaming his wide receivers couldn't get past man to man. Everybody was looking at Aaron Rodgers like he has to figure it out. No, what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is on the end of the quarterback. If Kyler Murray is going to be a superstar, he has to figure something out he was running too early that's on him he was throwing too early that's on him he, he's in a state if artist. he's got the pressure if, if, yes but if he's an escape artist bro pushed, he's not a he's not a pocket passer bro to you before you get a chance to set him yes and i can agree read. there but what do you want is, him is to do? Murray, is Kyler murray a good quarterback on the run yes he is and he just came back off injury right so you want him to so he's okay. already risking himself running trying to create something but so that's what so what, so hold on before you go, Roy, and, and this last thing I'm gonna say to force Frank, a pass over Frank, what, not what separation? All right, last question, and then on, we can man. kick it back to you guys. Frank, what do you blame on Kyler Murray in that game yesterday? Nothing. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that there's there was times where he his decision making and that's all could have been a lot better. I That's mean, all I'm speaking to. No, but that you're making that the sole reason why everything. No, I'm wrong. focused on Kyler Murray. I'm not saying why no, we're wrong. I'm just saying he got to step no, up more. No, and I but, said in those positions, there, there, Kyler has to step up more. That's what I'm saying. A couple other people take some blame yes, for Kyler And I can Murray. agree to That's what I'm saying. I can agree. There's a lot more people that, that get blamed, but you you didn't say nothing. No, because I, I, I didn't, I didn't speak. You I didn't get to that part. I was just on Kyler Murray. No, but that's what you I was talking about. You Kyler don't Murray. Yes, because that's my biggest takeaway. Everybody else that went back. No, that's my biggest takeaway. Kyler Murray rushing passes. Why can't I start with Kyler Murray? Because right, so that's another with the line. It starts with ahead, the Murray. line. It starts up front. No, no, it starts so with Kyler Murray making another good person passes. that deserves some blame. That deserves some blame. I think it might be Cliff Kingsbury. You know the uh, the head coach for the that's true. I could, for I the Cardinals. I mean, you know, he runs. I mean, we know this back when he was at what Texas A and or Texas Tech, Texas Tech. Sorry, and you know he does the air raid offense. That's what he does, the air raid offense. Mm-hmm. And I think the Rams really came out there. They knew the game plan of the Cardinals, and that showed. I think it really did that, you know, this this Rams defense is legit. They're real. I don't care what anyone says. You I mean if you can and Kyler, to be fair, ever since he hurt, he uh his, yeah, his mobility hasn't been he's not a hundred percent. Let's be I'm fair. Though, man. He's but not see, 100%. Frank, but Frank, hold on one more thing. Did I did I get Baker Mayfield that pass? Answer me yes or no. Did I get Baker Mayfield a pass? No, I didn't, right? 
So why would I give I Kyler know. Murray the pass? I didn't. You I were mean, on the you episode. Your own play. You didn't even give a chance to answer. I don't even know. I mean, what you said you don't it, know. It, it, it mm-hmm. You literally said you don't know, and I said I did. I didn't give when GK was on on the episode, and GK was talking about how Baker Mayfield had a bum arm. What was my what was my comeback? Well, JPP is out there playing with missing fingers. That was my comeback, right? So why would I then? Do that to Baker and not do the same to Kyla. I'm doing the same to Kyla. I'm saying no, consistent it's, it's whether totally, you like it or not. That's what I'm saying. You're trying to you're trying to make that the same. It's totally different. No, Baker's. I'm Baker's doing the same thing to every quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Are self-inflicted mistakes. Those that's that's Baker problem. Baker's that is not. That's not the same case for Kyla. Blame it on coaching. Kyla Murray you can, you can doesn't have on, You can blame a lot of things. The receivers that he has can't create separation. The line that he has, they can't hold up against a, a, a four-man rush. And your quarterback is playing hurt, and you don't have a rush attack. So what do you want him to do? Figure you want it out. Him to go out there and still beat Tom Brady? Figure it out. You got to know football. All right, so this Rams football. and Cards game. This Rams I know and football. Cards he got to know football. Go ahead, you can't. This, with that take. Go ahead, go ahead, this Rams and Cards game. I mean, it was. I think it was a full-on throttle beating by the Rams. I mean, Matt Stafford really came what out. Yeah, this is Matt Stafford's first, you know, first playoff win. Mm-hmm. I think very, very well deserved on his end. Yeah, very well deserved. Way to change the narrative about you. Um, but you does know, he need more? Is perform. the question. Does he need more to actually be looked at as a yeah? With with the oh, yeah. team with the team that he's currently on, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. If this was some random Joe Schmo team, then okay. But you know, shout out to him for getting his first playoff win. Good win, hard fought win. Uh, really clicking on all cylinders, and that's what you like to see in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Frank, you got something to say? Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say the and the manner, the manner that they won also is I think that's a it's a big way, it's a big deal. And I think that that's something that can carry into to next week into them uh traveling over to Tampa. And they take that momentum, they take that attitude, they take that energy over to Tampa Bay. And especially with this this Tampa Bay team with the, the limited pieces on offense. I think they can make it a, a tough and ugly game. I expect it to be a hard-fought one. I'm actually hoping that that Matt Stafford take that next step and actually uh, get his team to the to the um, NFC Championship game. I'm banking on it. I'm not 100% sold on it, but that's where my that's where my arrow is leaning towards now. But yeah, well, you guys know I got the Bucks losing the next round, so. I got the Bucks losing. Matt, what you what you think about that Arizona Rams game? Well, I didn't watch it, but I can tell you what the stats are telling me. 18 mm-hmm. runs for 61 yards. Um, 30, 34 pass attempts for 137 yards, which is less than seven yards a pass. Mm-hmm. Just looking Something at that, it looks, like the, it looks like the Rams defense is the uh, oh they did they did work i didn't get to that part and that's on me thank you i I didn't i didn't get to that part but i i like to i know you put all listen if you look at i don't put all the blame on Merlin, but if you look at my resume look frank you could do you because we do us you feel me all in love but if you look at my resume i always start with the quarterback first always if you look at anything i've ever said on this part on this podcast about any football team i always start with the quarterback and then i move down no i'm not saying that i'm right i'm just saying that's where i start and i'm just staying consistent in what i do I, I'm always looking at the guy who's the leader. Most of the time, the leader on the team is the quarterback. So he has to go, him and the coach has to figure it out. That's who I'm blaming on. If you want to know who I'm blaming the game on, I'm blaming it on the coach for not putting his team, knowing that that defense was going to come out and play like that. You got to come out with a game plan that counteracts it and the, and the, and, and the Cardinals didn't. They didn't. But I don't think Kyler Murray played as well. And I was the first one on this podcast to say that Kyler Murray was really hurt. So I can understand that. 
I said yeah. that. I said Kyler Murray was hurt. I didn't think that it was he just him dumb wrestling. Him. But I'm saying if you're so going to play in a pass? game this big, no, nobody gets a pass with me. Not even Eli. I don't give Eli a pass. I don't Eli give don't nobody a pass. pass for nothing. What would you then nobody a does. Nobody <laughs> does. A does, pass does, for. Does, does Rivers get a pass for having a good team and never making a damn Super Bowl? No, he don't. Nobody gets a pass. Nobody gets a pass with me when it comes to quarterbacks. That's just me. You don't have to like it. You don't have to think I'm right. Sometimes I can be wrong, but I have to stay consistent in the things you, I, I mean, attack. And you all. absolutely give Eli a pass when it comes no, to don't. the main shit. Yeah, I said I mean, second. I didn't oh, say oh, anything oh, first. This is another topic. Next game. I did not say if yeah, I was yeah. going to give Eli a pass, next game. I would exactly. say he's first ballot yeah, Hall of Famer. choose when you want to give go, him a pass. Go on. Listen, and this is what I love. We'll be here forever. Next game. I didn't. I got you. I'm moving on. But Frank, that's that's BS because first of all, I told you Eli. If I was giving you. Eli pass? If I was giving Eli pass, I would have told you Eli was in first ballot. But what did I tell you? Second, third. That's what I say Eli gets in. And if and you want to know my true take matter. on Eli, you guys can go check out the Instagram live because we talked about Eli last night. All right? I don't give nobody a pass, not even Eli, but Eli is a Hall of Famer. You're not taking that away from me. But let, let's move on. Let, let's move let's. on, Frank. Kansas right. City, Kansas City and Pittsburgh. All right? Roy, we got to start with you. Man. What was, what was it like seeing Ben for the last Damn, time? Bro. Man, I was crying like a little baby. I know I you did cry. I told you. <laughs> I love, I but, man, but, but man, if that game does not show why he needs to retire, then I don't know what does, man. He should have retired last year. Oh, he should have. Can, can we understand oh, that? Shit. Can yeah, we no, be man. honest? Can we be I honest? Agree. I agree. Ben no, should have never agree. played this season. He, he should have never have. played it. He's, he not a, he's not a quarterback, bro. He's done. No. He's no, our offense. If if the if the Steelers had somewhat of an offense, I'm saying just an average offense, they would have been just they would have been just. But fine can we all game. agree? Can we all agree that we know the reason why they brought Ben back? Because it, because it's loyalty to the it's loyalty to the organization. That's how the Rooney's always. That operate. and something else. You guys don't have a quarterback you trust. Oh no, yeah, we, we, we got Mason Rudolph back there. Rudolph, yeah. you nah, guys don't trust that. him. So what I said last night in the Instagram live that the best thing for the Steelers would be. Is to go out and see what 49 is going to do with you. <laughs> see uh, if you can the make Seahawks. a trade for Deshaun. See what Russell's going to do. You got to go out there and get one of these quarterbacks. They're going first. to. They're going got to. to. Steelers got I to. Think, I think no. they're going to go. No. The Steelers are going to go look out and see what who, who they can find. They're going to try to find a veteran, maybe try to draft someone. They're looking at Kenny Pickett from uh, from you Pitt. You better talk Andrew Luck uh, up coming out of retirement. They need someone Steelers because Mason Rudolph is not it. Up. That's what That's I'm saying. Is like, I mean, how much can you, really, you how much can you draft for quarterback when your offensive line struggles as much as they do? Exactly. That's what Russell Wilson's gonna be but, looking uh, at. But going back to the there. game, and going back line. to the game, Aaron the game Rogers. was the game was. I mean, T.J. Watt had a scoop and score to start the game. Oh my yeah, gosh, that was. I was <laughs> losing my mind. I was losing my. Then after that, that was the dead first silence. touchdown. I'm like, dead <laughs> silence. <laughs> Dead silence now, the rest of the game it's, because it's three it was, and out, three and out, three and out, fumble, scoop. Like they punted. When you have when you have almost eight three and outs as an offense, something's not right. Yeah, man, something's not right. And and you know that Kansas. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, he always goes off against the Steelers. I mean, and he he really showed that. Hey, the Chiefs, we're back. I don't care what you saw during the regular season. We're here to play. That's and you know, quarter. they were. That was it. Yeah, that was it. But good. I mean, good luck for the, you know, good luck for the Chiefs. I wish them nothing but the best. But Steelers, we weren't even supposed to be there in the first place. We started the season one and three, had a 3% chance to make the playoffs. And we did with Ben. It's the Jacksonville. So Shout, it was out good. Jacksonville. Shout out Jacksonville for being the Colts. Thank you. Uh, Matt, what's your take? Man, I've, I'm a diehard Steeler fan. Have oh, we been. got another one. I love oh, you, Matt. Okay. I we love Matt. Okay. I'm a fan <laughs> of Matt. <laughs> we got another one. Listen, okay. I, I lived in Jersey. 
during high school, middle school, and then before that, I lived in Texas, and uh, I was raised to love the Steelers and hate anybody who plays the Cowboys. Those are my two favorite teams. Round of applause. But it, 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 for the past three years, it's been painful to watch Pittsburgh play. Yes. Uh, and, and I've decided to emotionally not invest in them and realize <laughs> that my heart's going to get broken. Although I'll always be a fan. Yeah. yeah, but I knew they weren't going to beat the Chiefs. Oh yeah, everyone knew. I mean, that. their offensive <laughs> line is terrible. They've got some weapons that can catch, but Deontay Johnson's like all of a sudden started missing. Yeah, he, he looked like himself back in 2018 when he was dropping everything. And Najee Harris, that poor guy, man, he's taking a beating. No man, help. He plays so hard, man. And Big mm. Ben, man, he just looks exactly <laughs> what he is. He bones. Big and old and slow. <laughs> You you know remember the song by Eminem? I got the bones in my closet. <laughs> cleaning out my closet. Mm-hmm. Ben was in that closet. The bones. He had the set. You gotta get get him out of there. Painful. Mm. It was painful. It is, bro. But I get what? it. Like you have a will. <laughs> you have that will to want to keep playing. But it's like, yo, you gotta know when your body can't do it no more. Like you got to know. You know, right? And I'm gonna kick it to with that said. I'm kicking to you, Frank. What was your thoughts on that? Still is. I mean, yeah. I mean, we, I, at the end of the day, I had the Chiefs winning. I mean. I wanted it to be an ugly. I told you. I mean, they made it an ugly first quarter for the most yeah. part. But I was seeing that too. I told you, you said they, about they could get like yeah, they could get like three ugly quarters. They they could have got three. Got ugly the fourth quarters one, out yeah. of them, man. It, it might have been. It might have changed something. But Kansas City zipped that thing up. Real even quick. with this win, mm-hmm. I'm not sold on Kansas City. Do not take. Do not just take this win and and, and overreact that they they blow out teams like this. They I mean they blew out the, the Steelers last time, and then they yes. came back and lost the next week. So I mean I'm not putting too much faith and too much stock into to how they played. I kind of they get they kind of had the number of, of the Steelers secondary as, yes. as far as how they played them this year. It's demolished them. Yeah, who doesn't? Let's be honest. <laughs> but just I mean they made them look like college athletes on certain plays. I mean it's just like you could just tell it's just blown coverage. Just we looked total undisciplined. Lost. Lost, like confused. Lost, like we need a map because we look lost. Yeah, yeah. The Chiefs aren't beating the Bills. I don't think they are either. I don't think they are either. That's going to be a tough matchup, bro. It's going to be tough because, like, on one hand, you got two high power offense and then one good defense, but the other defense is playing well in Kansas City defense. But you, you, we kind of know who they are. Like, we really know who they are, and it's like for me. It's next week the week they show their true colors again. It's next week mm-hmm. that defense just start giving everything up to Josh Allen. Like, and I'm not sold on the Bills. Like, as much as you guys are not sold on Kansas City, I'm not sold on the Bills. All right? I'm mm-hmm. not sold on Josh Allen and them guys either. So, even if they beat Kansas City, I think they, they lose in the next round. You know? Mm-hmm. But I think Kansas City got a good chance. But I, I don't know. But let's get mm-hmm. to the San Francisco. Who they lose to, Troy? Who, who going to lose to? Hey! Huh? Wait, huh? Which one, Kansas City Tell or the Bills? I'm just saying the Bills and the Chiefs. Who are they going to lose to? Who do they lose to? So you asking you ask that in a way like if, if either of them teams, whoever wins this game is 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 poised for the, for the Super Bowl. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I, I, don't, I, I think so too. Right, tighten up? I agree. Right, right uh, tighten a, up? <laughs> what you he's, a, he's a Titans fan. Oh, man. Uh, oh, Matt asked you a question. Matt no. is saying, Matt is saying, whoever wins the Kansas City and Bills game is in the Super Bowl. I agree with that. 
No, I thought he was asking you who, no, who, who, see, who they going to play. No, well, wait a I was asking Troy because Troy said that that they're not going to go. If, if yeah, the I, I think the Chiefs, they're not going to go. In I, the got, I got the, I got the Tennessee Titans Titans putting in some work. Oh, okay, okay. I do, I, I do think okay. I do think they get there. I do think they put some work in. I just okay. don't know. Cause I, I think I trust Tannehill. I trust Tannehill a little bit more in his system than I trust Josh Allen in his. Because Josh Allen for for a long time during his regular season carried their run game, and you can't yes. do that in the playoffs. Agree. They're going to hone in on that. So if you could take that run game away from them and force Allen to throw and just play zone, game for me that's game right there. If they can execute, I'm not saying it's written in the books, it's written in stone, it's in braille. But I think the Tennessee Titans do have a good chance. I think if Kansas City go against the Titans, I would take Kansas City. But if the Titans go against the Bills, I'm taking the Titans. I don't know why you would take mark. Kansas City over the Titans. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, Ryan Tannehill 27-3. 21 touchdowns year. and 14 interceptions. Oh. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, the last three games, he's got seven seven touchdowns, no interceptions. So that yeah. means uh-huh. he had 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions three yeah. years ago. It's Ryan Tannehill, the dude that came from Miami. Yeah. yeah, but he's looked so much better. Yeah. And I always say this system, 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 system. It's all about system. I don't think Ryan Tannehill fit in that Miami system, but he fits in his Tennessee t- system so well. You can't not use him. Because they don't use him. Oh, what to hand the ball off? Yeah, he's pretty good job using him. Hey, look, and a lot of his picks, I mean, just just don't don't forget we didn't have AJ for a big portion of the year. True, we haven't true, had Julio. True. I mean, we've been missing our tight ends. Our our offensive line has been in and out. Agreed. So Tannehill has had to deal with a lot this year. I agree. And he still managed. I mean, he still has like how seven many players was it as well? How many players you guys had this year? A record? Ninety-one. A record. Yeah, ninety-one. Most most of all time. Yeah. So I, I so do he had to deal with a lot. I don't know. I'm not saying the Bills can't get there, but I just don't trust them, bro. It's like the Raiders. Like, I didn't trust the Raiders either. Like, I knew Kansas City would win that – Cincinnati would win that game. Like, it's like the same thing for me. Like, the Bills are too inconsistent. Like, I see the game probably being like the New England game, 47-17. But uh, let's move on to the Tampa Bay and and, and Philly game, Eagles game, man. What's your takeaway away from that one, Frank? Uh, I told you guys it was going to get ugly. And I expected an ugly game. Uh, every everything is clicking for the for the Bucks. I I think that the Bucks stops next week. Um, with the with the Rams. Um, still in all, man. Uh, shout out to Tom and everything that he's been able to do this year. I still got him as my as my MVP candidate. Uh, whether they they win or lose next week, I don't think that that's going to change anything. But I mean, I also think um Aaron Rodgers is going home next week too. So. Um, yeah, we know how right. you feel about Aaron Rodgers. You like to hear yeah, yeah. Green Bay. Look, we know how you feel. We already know that. Uh, for Matt, that don't feel. He looks at the history of Green Bay under Aaron Rodgers, always finishing like thirteen and one or whatever they record be, and then they lose in the playoffs. They, they yeah, I just history. don't ignore history. I mean, I've seen I've seen the story from Aaron Rodgers before. I've seen it a couple times. Yeah, the um, Tampa the Tampa Bay game. I mean, I mean, I don't think anyone was surprised. It just it reminds me so much of the Steelers and Chiefs game. Like we we knew who was going to win that game. Eagles probably shouldn't even have been there in the first place. Mm-hmm. And Tampa Bay just they just went in and handled business and did it pretty convincingly. Yeah, the Bucks, man. I'm telling you, he's got two Hall of Famers. He's still throwing it to, even though Godwin's out and AB's gone. You got Gronk and you got Michael Evans and. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, I can't see the Bucks losing to the Rams, right? Ooh. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a good game. It's going to be. It better be. Because I, mm. I, we just seen so many blowouts this week. I want to see some real damn football. Yeah. But talking about some real football, I did this it's on purpose. a big purpose. legacy game next I week. Did, I did this on purpose. So I skipped the San Francisco and Dallas game, and now we're going to talk about it now. Right? What, what, mm-hmm. what do you guys take away from this game? We them boys. I heard, I heard yeah. we them boys. <laughs> Dre said something that's key last night. It's like Jimmy Garoppolo towards the end of that game started shooting San Francisco in the foot. Or oh, yes. I don't know how you – I don't know if I could – sorry, Frank. I don't want to just blame the quarterback. You know, I just don't yeah. want to put it all on Jimmy. <laughs> you know, it was the offensive line, the defensive line, the whole well, team. At least you started. Okay, <laughs> right? here we go. I told you I'm consistent. Jimmy made some mistakes last night, and I said this. I said it's going to be key to, to San Francisco winning and going far. Jimmy's going to have to limit his mistakes. And – Towards that end of the game, he gave Dallas too many chances. Too many chances to win. Crazy. Too many chances. And Dak just being Dak, you know, I talked about it last night in the live. In my opinion, and I'm going to kick it to you, uh, Matt. My opinion, Dak stayed up too long. Dak should have slid at the 30-yard line. He slid at the 35. That you shouldn't even call that play. Seconds. No, you shouldn't. But if you call it, right? We're yeah. living in the moment. Yeah. You call yeah. a play, you got to tell Dak. You go down as soon as you can. You don't pick up. It's not about yardage, bro. It's about making sure we have a little bit more room to throw the ball and get a shot into the end zone. Dak running that long to that 35, bro, that kicked the clock down to seven. And then another big mistake was, and I know I see it all over social media, people talking about it, was the uh, the referee getting in the way. No, if you watch it, referee comes from behind. And you even see Dak look at the referee. He looks at him, bro. Gives the ball to his center. He gave the ball to his center and his center placed the ball. That's what wasted time. So kick it over to you, yeah. Matt. What was your takeaways away from that game? I blame it on Tony Romo. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the Romo gene that has been mm-hmm. sent down. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, obviously, I mean, that's on deck. I mean, yeah. if he didn't have, you know, the, I mean, the game is mental. You're a quarterback. You, you give the ball to your center. And the referee runs into you, almost knocks you down. And then, obviously, the time ran out. Um, but I put that on on, on that. He yeah. also said that the referees did not call to New York and talk to them before end of the game. Well, they don't need oh, to. No, man. They don't need to. Why would they? All right, the game all right. Was over, get... me. Go ahead, yeah, no, the game was over. Go ahead, we're getting your back, Roy. Go ahead, Look, Roy. I'm about to be in my yeah, bed because I watched this game from, from start to finish, man. Same. And, and I got to say, I loved every minute of it. I love watching <laughs> the Cowboys lose, man. I swear. Me oh, my too. gosh. So, so I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin with this because it seemed like the, the key for the 49ers was literally just Jimmy G not throwing interceptions. That was the commentators, even, you know, Tony Romo came out and was like, the 49ers win this game if, if Jimmy G doesn't do Jimmy G Turtle, things. No, and, no, like, no, that's no, so true. That's so true. No but the more on the Cowboys, whoo, I'm ready to go in. I'm so ready. Sorry. I've been looking forward to this. So the Cowboys, what a joke. I mean, Mike right. McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, what, what, what's going on? Why, if you, you don't have any time left, you have no timeouts, why are you calling a QB draw? Why? What, what is, what is the, the reasoning behind that? And Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, why are you giving the ball to your center? You, you know the rules. You know the ref has to touch the ball. Why are you giving it to your center? You're wasting time doing that in itself. And what happened to Zeke? What happened to Zeke? 
I mean, yes, Zeke did get touches and everything, but where's that explosiveness? It's not there. And I love it. And my biggest thing of all, which people have argued with me of all time, is Trayvon Diggs is not a good cornerback. He is not a good cornerback. That man is burnt toast. Toast. He. And you saw that on full display. You see, everyone will go oh and say, "Oh, ten gosh. interceptions!" Yeah, you get ten interceptions if Levin. everyone throws at you because you're getting Levin. hurt. Every go play. with the trace. Eleven, eleven interceptions, correct? Ele- oh, eleven. I'm sorry, but he also gave mm-hmm. up over a thousand yards in the season. A thousand, a thousand. Many receivers don't even have close to that. How do you give up over a thousand yards? And he's in first place by most yards given up by a cornerback by over, almost over 150. That's insane. That's insane. Uh, I think the cracks and the inconsistencies showed in the Cowboys. I'll stop my rant. I'm sorry. I just get so fired no, up. I cool. love Go talking ahead. about it. I love Go talking ahead. about them because I hate them. <laughs> Go ahead, Frank. Go ahead, Frank. All right, so let's just, let's just be real. This loss sits at the feet of three people. One of them you got. One of them you got, Roy. Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. He is like jason garrett 2.0 <laughs> literally like he what is it what, what does he do what literally what does he do Dre Day said, said something last night he said the reason why mike mccarthy will still be a cowboys coach is because jerry jones can control him. yeah yeah jerry yeah jerry jones love yeah. him. I, I i didn't i didn't buy into all same thing as jason garrett. i didn't buy into any of that at, at all I, I don't think i didn't think he was going anywhere if anything, I think those the other two guys are, are leaving, and I think they'll leave on their own accord. You see, um, it, it just got reported today that Dan Quinn got five, um, he got five reported offers already on the table. So who knows uh, what, what what he's gonna take? But but at the end of the day, it, it goes is at the feet of Mike McCarthy, number one, number two, Kellen Moore. Mm. Whatever game plan Kellen Moore cooked up yesterday was horrible. The fact that that CD Lamb didn't get his second, he didn't get his second target until the third quarter yesterday was just a travesty. The fact that they stopped giving the ball to Pollard, they stopped creating for him after Zeke, after Zeke showed you that he he doesn't have anything left in the tank is is just is just horrible. They put all the I mean granted, granted, this is what this is what Dak should want. I mean, you should want the um you should want everything to be placed at your feet you should want all of the uh, all of the pressure and everything on you but this team is not built like that this team is built for all of the pieces to work together for this team to be an elite team for that offense to take that next step Amari Cooper I I tell you all the time Amari Cooper is good for giving you getting you a touchdown an early touchdown and then just disappearing for the rest of the game that's what I mean I don't know where I don't know where this guy was but the fact that Kellen Moore couldn't cook up any opportunities for for CD Lamb, your most explosive, uh, your most ex- explosive player, and the one catch he did get, it happened again. <laughs> it got taken back because of the off the the undisciplined offensive line. Uh, just the team being undisciplined that falls at the feet of 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 Mike McCarthy. I mean, he just shows you that he's just a. I mean, he's he's not a competent head coach, and his mm-hmm. team is undisciplined, and and they show you at the at the biggest times, they seem to, to give you all of these mistakes. They have 14, I record 14 penalties yesterday. Discipline. I mean, it, it's just, and that just falls down to discipline. Pre-snap. Pre-snap penalties at that. But I think that's important pre- to point yeah. out. Pre-snap penalties. Just that's crazy. crazy. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And and lastly, before, and I know people want to put the blame on Zeke, on, on Dak for what he did at the end, but Zeke, 
Zeke has if if this doesn't show that they have to move on from Zeke, then I don't know what I don't know what else they need to see. Zeke is Zeke is done. He is not that he is not that max player, that max um that max paid running back that they paid for a couple years ago. It just seems like it seems like ever since it's been like the uh, the contract effect with, with these running backs. These guys get their big contract, they get their big money, and then it's just downhill. I mean, luckily that's not the case with Derrick Henry. He seemed to, he he happened to get better after after getting his money, but just with Zeke, he I mean Zeke, he shows you he 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 doesn't really have that explosion. I mean, it, maybe he's not a hundred percent healthy. Do you really want to wait? You want to go through another year? of Zeke not being 100% healthy, you know at some point he's going to get hurt next year, so you're going to have to deal with this next year. I mean, I I think it's time to move on from, from guys they, they like better, Amari and What they need to do Amari is lock Pollard down because yes, if not, Pollard's somebody's going to snatch that kid. Pollard, I, I, Pollard and mm-hmm. CD, man. And I hope it's the Giants. I would like to I would like to share one step before I kick it over to Matt. Matt, I'm sorry, but you I I am I am affectionate about these Cowboys, man. Oh, I love it. So, so I I People with more playoff wins in the past 25 years than the Cowboys. You ready? Oh, Mark man. Sanchez has more wins than, than the Cowboys. Trent Dilfer has more wins than the Cowboys. Brad Johnson has more wins than the Cowboys. And Colin Kaepernick has more playoff wins than the Cowboys doing the past 25 years. 25 That's years. crazy. Thank you. That's my rant. Go ahead. Okay, man. No, man. I mean, Roy, I'm with you. I'm not. I hate the Cowboys. Jerry Jones needs to go. He never will go until until he he dies, man. Because- yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's sad because when I seen him in that booth, I was like, Ooh, he on his way. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't have anything to add. I'm I, I'm happy. All to. right. So let's stay with you, Matt. Then let's go to the Buffalo New England game. What you got on that one? Buffalo Josh Allen. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they beat the snot out of them. Um, I mean, it wasn't even close. And I think they scored, what, seven touchdowns in seven possessions. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. They had a perfect offense. Perfect offense. And the Patriots are supposed to be a good defensive team. Yes. Coming into the playoffs. So, clearly, you know, Tom Brady leaving there, um, left a gaping hole. They thought it was Belichick. But the system seems to uh, be broken down because Mac Jones is not – he didn't do a terrible job this whole year. He wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but they just ran into a buzzsaw. <laughs> yes. And, uh, hey, seven touchdowns, seven possessions, that's a wrap. Perfect yeah. game. That was the perfect right? offensive game. for You literally cannot ask for anything mm-hmm. better. You cannot. It's impossible. No, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, and also no punts, no field yeah. goals, and no fourth downs. Perfect game. All around a perfect offensive game yeah. for them. That's it. That's the first time in history. Impressive. Too. Yeah, that's it. First, first time, time it has ever happened. Yeah. And not just that. This wasn't some pushover defense. But why it had to be done by Josh Allen? Right? Come on. Because Josh <laughs> Allen's like that, and you need to no, you need to recognize. Not. He is. Not. You need to recognize. <laughs> Look, I'm telling you, this Bills team. They did it. Everything. Everything they did that game was convincing. <laughs> there was times where people were questioning. Oh, the, are the Patriots better than the Bills? You know, they might take the division from the Bills. But they why might would do that a, question. Be a question. Because the Bills weren't the playoff Bills at that time. And now I think they convinced everyone that, hey, we're here and we're here to party. We're Hi. here to play for real. Hi, I'm Only sitting th- here and I don't believe it. That's You know what? You, you don't have to believe it. That's okay. They'll, make, they'll go out there and win games. You don't need to believe in them. They don't need you to. <laughs> <laughs> 
Go ahead, Frank. No trust in the in the damn bills. That's okay. Go, Frank. Yeah, I just think the league. The league happened to figure out um, Mac Jones over the last four weeks of of the season. I mean, Mm -hmm. it just seems like he's been having he's been having a, a, a rough couple of games. And just all starting from from that game in, in, in Indy where they got skunked by the Colts, man, by the, the Colts team, who you know is already is inconsistent, is is just who knows what. I mean, that just started the that just started like this downhill slope for Mac Jones, and it di- it didn't get any better. This game, I thought it was going to come more down. I thought Bill Belichick and and his mind, his great mind, I thought it would would play uh, a little bit more of a factor than it did. But just watching the game, to be honest, like because I, I, I really watched a, I really watched a heavy portion of the game, almost like 95 percent of the game. It just seemed like the the Patriots' energy wasn't wasn't there. Like they didn't really play with any type of fire. Like they wasn't really, they wasn't really fired up on on the defense end, like to, ready to stop guys. And Mac Jones started. He seemed a little lost earlier. I mean, he got going a little bit, but then. He just after a while, he just seemed like he was lost early in the game too. And they, you can't get no run when you can't get no run game generated. You can't get get any separation. You can't get anything created in the air. It's just it was just a, a perfect storm for for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, credit to Josh Allen proving that he's mm-hmm. he still needs to be considered amongst the elite. I mean, I think that the Buffalo Bills' biggest issue is is their their run defense and. Are they going to be able to to deal with, with teams that can run the ball consistently and effectively? Mm-hmm. That's what I think we're going to see that next week um, with the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Kansas City Chiefs are able to to run the ball to to help out Patrick Mahomes and to help out that pass attack, then I think that they'll be in some trouble. But that's what it's all going to come down to. It's going to come down to the quarterbacks and and which team can can really hold up the run and give that secondary their secondary a chance to make some plays. Go a little further, Frank. I think another another key point to this game, and then Roy, I'm gonna kick it to you with the uh, Raiders Cincinnati game. A mm-hmm. big key to this game is gonna be the Bills running game because the Bills can't establish yes. with one a game that mm-hmm. makes it one dimensional, and then you could just play zone all game. But go ahead, Roy. Uh, Raiders Bengals. Raiders and Bengals. That was a classic game, man. That, I I think that was my, probably one of my favorite games to Second watch. Game on, yeah. yeah. Besides the Cowboys, Cowboys but you know, I think I think it was um I think it was really a good one to watch, and you know, this one kind of had some controversy around it with that roughing the passer call. No, let's mm-hmm. talk about no, let's talk about the touchdown. Yeah, the, the whistle, the inadvertent the whistle, whistle that was bl- that. so the rule is when the when the whistle is blown, the play, play is, is dead. dead, and it kind of seems like the NFL was like, oh yeah, sorry, that's not the rule for this case, I guess. Well, was no, it the, the NFL or was it the refs? Window. Was it the NFL or was it the refs? I don't know. Rigged. No, I'm kidding. It's not rigged. But it's just like I don't know. I don't know. That was just that was just so odd to me. It was just a weird series of events where it was like New England, Oakland, all over again. Yeah, exactly. an analyst said an analyst said the game is tied. Bring them back. Make them play Wednesday. But it's like, hmm. is the game really tied? Because now let's say that play is blown dead, and I think as a fan, this is what what we miss, right? What people have taken is was that was that throw on third down? Uh. I don't remember. I don't remember. I think, it was. I think it was. I, I, think, I think it was. So, yeah. It was. Third, so even if it's third, third down, right. If it's third down, they kick the field goal. They're close enough to kick the field goal. Right. If I re- recall, right. So now that's still three mm-hmm. points instead of you take away four. So it, it's not tied. It's still a three. If Even if, you know, if it comes down to, to it, it would still be a three point difference and not saying that the Bengals would have not took it like, all right, we didn't score. We need to go down and score again. 
and they would have made another attempt to go down and get another touchdown to extend the game. I just think the Raiders didn't play a good enough game to win the game. Well, see, the thing is, it came down to the very last play. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, a lot of people don't, you know, they'll, they'll look at the score and say like, "Oh, well, that." No, that I feel like them yes. kicking a field goal versus scoring a touchdown can change your whole it game could've. script. It, it can change your whole game script of how you look at you know you going forward. I don't know. I think that was a tough. But yeah, one I'm just for, thinking about it. If they kick the field goal to get the ball back, and then they go down and score again, then you kind of you kind of replace that touchdown. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, so I mean, that's what I'm saying. Fair enough. Over there. Fair enough, but I think it does play a large factor in it how does. you on your outlook of the mm-hmm. game. And then the yeah, whole rough in the past when they play in the just get the touch, I mean, get the field goal. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. And then you look at that rough in the passer call that was kind of a little suspect. But I mean, that's that's been the story of the year for I mean the whole NFL officiating. Why is it why is it that and I want to kick it, Matt, you you I want to kick it to you. Why is it that every playoffs we see plays like this or re- reffing like this? Why is that? And I think the hardest job in the world is refereeing, uh, <laughs> just being a referee. I mean, 50% of the people don't like the call that you're making. But mm-hmm. obviously, they have replay. They have people upstairs to get it right. Um, it pains me to see the Bengals move on. Uh, but the Bengals were a better team. I, I think yes. they're just a better team. I so. do think they deserve to win the game. Yeah, I don't think the Raiders deserve it. Even though the Raiders scored a touchdown, they tie it, and we go into overtime. I still think the Bengals played well enough to win it. I think, you know, Joe Burrow could have made some better decisions, but that, that could fall on coaching too, with the play calling and stuff like that. Uh, the defense could have played a little better. I don't see the Bengals going far. I do think they lose the next round. Um, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. What Hate the got? Bengals, man, but they they deserved it. What you got, Go ahead, Frank? Frank? I mean, yes. Yeah, shout out to the, to the Bengals, man. Um, I feel bad for Derek Carr. I feel bad for the Raiders. You know, everything. We all know everything that they have going on uh, with that organization this year, man. But smoking Joe, him and that connection, mm-hmm. him and that Jamar, that Jamar Chase uh, connection, they it seems to have um, transitioned from the regular season and right on into the playoffs, man. They're still going to be a dangerous combination, even for the, the Tennessee Titans, man. I mean, I expect my Titans to go out there and – be able to control the the game on the ground and hopefully, but it's definitely not a team or or game that that the Titans can afford to make mistakes against, especially with that um their ability to put up touchdowns as quick as they can. And so you you got to be mindful of that and and positioning and where you where you put those guys, the situations you put those guys in. Overall, I don't think that the defense is going to be able to hold up, especially with the physicality of our offense and. That offensive line better be ready for a long game too, because they struggle against uh, real athletic and and, and tough uh, uh, the front four and front seven whenever they matched up against those guys. But yeah, shout out to the to the Bengals, man. Good win. Anything? Anybody got anything else to add about any games that we uh, that you didn't miss? That you missed? No. Nothing to add, Mac. You got anything to add? We all good. All right, final thoughts. Final thoughts, Roy. We out of here. We're done. Final thoughts, man. Look, thank you, Ben Rottlesberger, for your service and your commitment to this. Oh, ben, I mean, words can't even put into <laughs> how much I, I loved and appreciate. Ben, I grew ben, up. I ben. I grew up watching him and Bill Cower. You know, it's really sad to see him go, but it was time. But I just want to say thank you, Seven, for everything you've done for the for the Steelers and the city and the organization. Frank, final thoughts. Tighten up this weekend, man. You know, we right back to business. 
King Henry is right back on the field, man. He's back to practice. He's back to getting that, you know what I mean? Getting that train ready to hit them tracks uh, this weekend. So, man, everybody tuned in, man. Man, man, uh, shout out, thanks, uh, thanks, brother Matt, man, for yeah, uh, thank you, Matt, through, for being man. here. Yep. Really appreciate you, good brother. Thanks after. This. Anytime you want to stop through, man, <laughs> just come and uh, holler at us, man. You're more than welcome. To the thanks after this, Matt. Final yeah, words. Just had to get my final thanks. words. I got it. Attitude, grit, the it factor, <laughs> young, and they don't care. John Moran, the Grizzlies are putting the NBA on notice. You don't <laughs> yes, know. Sir. <laughs> my, my final thoughts is Kyler Murray get better. Um, <laughs> nah, man, we want to thank. Uh, before I go, before I go, so I didn't do anyone in the show because we was having a good conversation. The gift card is still out for open, all right. So I'm gonna post another video tomorrow when we post this. Now we're starting over, all right. So it's no longer you guys have to find the uh, the picture that says 18. Now you have to find the picture that's 20. This is episode 20. So the question that can you guys have to answer on Instagram make sure you follow and then comment down below the picture the answer the correct answer all right don't don't give me the wrong answers or the right answer that's not right you understand what I'm saying all right the question is in 2015 King James got how many first place MVP votes simple question all right simple question get the right answer run over to Instagram from the sideline underscore podcast get put that answer below that picture first one that gets it Wins a wins a gift card, all right. And without further ado, Matt, we want to thank you, man. We want to thank you for stopping by. We always like new guests. You are you are our first special guest, and it's good to have you on episode twenty, a solid episode. Uh, yes, it, this, is, this is going to be our benchmark moving forward. And like the guy said, if you ever want to come back, you have my email, you have my number, I got you saved. Hit me up, and we can we can make it work. Tuesday, Fridays, whenever you want to come on, just let us know. We love talking to you. It was a great show. Um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to add before we close this out? Pleasure meeting you. But yeah, pleasure. Yeah, super man. pleasure, man. Really All enjoyed right. it. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Gotcha, Anytime. So, guys, thank you guys for watching. Don't forget, we're over on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And just leave us some comments, man. We want to talk to you guys. All right. And don't forget, too, you know, go follow our Instagram because we're going to be doing some lives over there where you guys can win some gift cards, too. All right. Without further ado, this is from the Sideline Podcast. Peace. <laughs>